Welcome to the Heart of the Athlete. This is Reggie Etheridge welcoming you to the radio program for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, featuring what God is doing in the hearts and lives of coaches and athletes in Idaho. Now, here are your hosts. What it do? All right, man, before we get started, just got to warn you guys, I'm a little bit crazy, okay? So I just want to let you know that before we get going into this thing a little bit. But I want to straight up, I got to let everybody know about my beautiful family, my wife, my kids. Boom, that's my two kids, my son Isaiah, my son Judah, my wife Jessica, that's my mom. My awesome dad is here. He came with me. He traveled with me down here. So I'm so blessed to have him here as well. Uh, man, but without further ado, man, I just want to jump in tonight. Can I keep it 1,000 with y'all today? No, can I keep it 1,000 with y'all? Okay. Awesome, man. So we are going to jump into a message that I, I firmly believe that will change your perspective and cause you to make a change. That's what the gospel is all about. To cause you to make a shift. So tonight we're going to make a shift. Say shift. 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 Let's go, baby. So let's pray real quick. Father God, I thank you so much for FCA. I thank you for what's happening through FCA, what you're doing through FCA, Father God. I pray that you continue to create disciples, Father God, leaders, Father God. Ah, there's no better leader than an athlete, Father God, and you have stepped in there. That's why Paul, I believe, spoke so much about training your body like an athlete, Father God, because there's a different type of mindset that comes with it, Lord. So I pray for blessing over them. I pray for safety over them, Father God. Continue to expand their territory. And all of FCA said... Yeah, y'all, y'all know the deal. All right, man. So today we are going to begin a message called The True Pursuit. The True Pursuit. And go ahead and stand up. We're going to read this verse really quick. Everybody go ahead and stand up. If you was at the NFL game or if you was at the NBA playoffs, you'd be on your feet like, ah. Well, you know what? God is like way above all this. So let's stand up for his word, right? All right, so check this out. 2 Timothy 6, 11, and 12. It says this, but you, Timothy. Paul wrote this to Timothy, but I believe he wrote this for us. So I'm going to actually say this a little bit differently. But you, F-C-A, are men and women of God. So run from these evil things. Pursue, say pursue. Pursue. Righteousness and a godly life along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight for the, tr- uh, for the true faith. Hold tightly to the eternal life to which God has called you, which you have declared so well before many witnesses. When Paul wrote this to Timothy, I feel like he was like trying to prepare Timothy to pursue truth. And I feel like Timothy would have been like, I'm ready. I pursue truth. Matter of fact, repeat after me. I, I pursue truth. 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 I I pursue pursue truth. truth. I I pursue truth. I I pursue truth. I I pursue truth. So we're going to do something a little bit different. I want you guys to remain standing. Because I'm really, really 
I want you guys to understand what you're pursuing. So what I want you guys to do is I want you to close your eyes, every single one of you in here. Close your eyes. What I want you to do is I want you to, to get your breath. Feel the oxygen filling up your lungs and coming out. Filling up your lungs and coming out. The same oxygen that God created for you to sustain life. Feel it coming in. Going out. What I want you to do is I want you to put both hands on your chest and grab your heartbeat. Don't stop breathing. Feel it. Acknowledge your heartbeat. This heart that the Father put inside of you so that you can sustain life. And like right now, it's pumping right now into the veins, into every single inch of your body. It's pumping blood through there so you can sustain life. I want you guys to feel this. Now what I want you to do is I want you to envision the beginning. The beginning of time where when Jesus said, or when God said, let there be light and boom, everything started. Matter of fact, they're saying that the universe is still expanding at this moment. They talk about a big bang, no big bang. It was just Jesus doing, or God doing his thing and Jesus actually. The word was in the beginning and the, and the word was God doing their thing and boom. I want you guys to try to grasp the raw power in that moment. I want you to grasp right now in this moment, I want you to grasp creation itself. Creation. Everything that was created, the sun's perfectly orchestrated away from the earth. I want you to imagine all the animals, everything, the, the, the trees, the, the, the grass on the ground, you yourself, creation, and the raw power that's in creation. I want you to grasp that. Now I want you to imagine that power being brought into human form. Jesus, walking around this planet, on earth. And I want you to imagine him walking up to people and healing them. The Bible says that they would even run up to him just to touch the hem of his garment and healing power would come out, just healing them. I want you to imagine that. And what I want you to do is I want you to see people crying out Jesus and running to him, crying out, changing their lives radically because of what he's done. I want you to see this and acknowledge this raw power. Matter of fact, I want you to see yourself, any infirmities, anything that you're holding on to, anything that's pulling you back, you going to Jesus and Jesus simply touching you and saying you're healed. Sin no more. Now I want you to see Jesus, the same Jesus, getting beat for you. If you've seen Passion of the Christ, go there, dying for you. Raising from the dead for you. Raw power. Ah, oh, but you know, like, come on, raising from the dead. Now I want you to see the over 500 people that testified seeing him. Oh, this is real. Now I want you to go to the moment that you've accepted him into your life. And if you haven't, maybe tonight's the night. And I want you to feel the peace that you felt, the freedom you felt, the hope you felt, the relief you felt, the fresh new start, the power. Matter of fact, when Paul thought about this power in Ephesians 3, 14 and 19, this is what he said. He says, when I think of all of this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything. Say everything. Everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength. Say strength. 
through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts, the same heart that you're holding on to right now, that's pumping everything through your body as you trust him. He'll make his home as you trust him. And as you trust him, it says this, your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. Say strong. And may you have the power, say power, to understand as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to fully understand, then you will be made complete, say complete, complete. with all the fullness of life and power, say power, power, that God made for us. I want you to open your eyes. This is the truth. You want to talk about pursuit? The truth is this, that that same power resides in you. You, 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 that same power. And you can either pursue that truth or not. Now check this out. When you get to the point that you can acknowledge and understand this, think about how you're going to walk on the field now. Think about how you're going to deal with adversity now. That's why you trash. Yeah, but you don't know who's inside of me, though. <laughs> Raw power. You may have your seats. Raw power. Listen, it's impossible to deny this truth. If you just look around, it's impossible to deny this truth. Matter of fact, look, I'll say this real quick. So I was at Home Depot the other day. My wife, she sent me to Home Depot to buy some, um, some bulbs for the house because it was my son's birthday. Shout out to my son back there. He turned four. And she was like, listen, I told you I got you, son. So, so she sends me to Home Depot. She's like, look, go to Home Depot. I was like, yes, ma'am. So I go to Home Depot. And I get to Home Depot and I go, she told me to buy lights, but I was looking at my yard and there were some dead spots in my yard and I was like, I need my yard not to be dead. So I went and I bought some sprinklers too. So, so I got some sprinkler heads. I go down the sprinkler aisle, boom, and I meet this guy. His name's Evan. He's working there. You could tell that he's kind of been through some things in his life, right? So we began to talk and then he began to open up to me. He was like, hey, so how many kids you got? I was like, two. He, wanted, he was like, you want three? I was like, nah, my wife can't have another one, but we're thinking about adopting. He was like, oh my gosh, I was adopted. And I was like, I got you. You didn't know. Now I'm about to spread the gospel to you. I, I know you now. I was like, oh, well, tell me, Evan. He was like, yeah, well, I got adopted. I got adopted twice. I was such a bad kid. Then I got this young lady pregnant. And he was like, and then this young lady, she left. And she moved away to California and San Diego area. And when she moved out there, I was like, man, I want my kid. I want to be in my kid's life. And then she wrote me this letter. And when she wrote me this letter, I got it. And it said, hey, this is where we're at. And there was a return address on there. But there was no phone number. So I sold everything that I had. And I went out to San Diego to see her. I was like, bro, that's bold. And I went up to the door. And I knocked on the door. And the gentleman opened the door. And I was like, hey, is Sarah here? And he was like, who's Sarah? And he was like, in that moment, I was like, I sold everything for this. And he was like, and as he turned around, despondent and disappointed, Sarah comes driving down the road with his child and was like, ah, 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 ah. And he was like, what? And he goes and he meets his child. And he's in his child's life still to the day, breaking that cycle. And I was like, oh, I was, you should have seen. I was like, ah. Like, this is perfect. Thank you. Threw me the alley-oop. I was about to, ah, ah, ah. 
You know what I'm saying? And I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, ah. Let me tell you about my God. He was like, hey, before you start, I just want to let you know, I don't believe in God. And like all of that was just faith. I said, so wait, hold up. So you're telling me that you went out there and like, and then and you don't believe in, no, I don't believe. Listen to me. Some people, even some of you right now, God is slapping you in the face with truth and you still don't believe. Like he's showing you every single day, like, like you wake up, you got food on your table. He's like, boom, that's me. You're like, well, you still don't believe it. He gave, some of you guys almost didn't have the funds to get here. Like some of you guys didn't even know how you were going. Some of y'all just met somebody a couple weeks ago and the relationship just started. And you were like, FCA camp or the relationship. And mom was like, no, you need to get there. And you don't realize that was God. Like, look, I want you to go deeper. Some of you guys... I'm sure there's some of y'all that's probably had cancer in here, survived, and you out here playing sports. Or maybe your mom and your dad had it, or some type of disease, and they made it through, and they still had you. Truth slapping you in the face. But we still deny it. This is what Paul said about this in Romans. Look, I love Paul. Paul's an OG. If you don't know about Paul, you need to get in your Bible. He's an OG. I like Paul. This is what he says. Look, check this out. He was talking about him. He said this. They know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. Slapped him in the face with it. Look, this is what he says. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky through everything. Say everything. God made. They can clearly see his invisible qualities. What you talking about? Go ahead and take a breath in. His invisible qualities. Listen, listen, listen. His internal power, say power, and his divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. That's what he says. So we get slapped in the face. It's like, I'm here. And like, we still like deny pursuing that power, that greatness at a thousand percent. And this is how we are right here. This is actually our culture. I love verse 21 kind of, you know, when the Bible cuts and you like, okay, God, are you convicting me? This is what he says in 21. Look, it says this. Yes, they knew God. But they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious ever-living God, they worship idols made to look like mere people and birds, animals, and reptiles. That's how, that's how culture is today. Jesus is my homeboy. When it came out, I was like, oh, yeah, he is. But then I began to think about it like, yo, you just took all power, divine nature, and you brought him down to a, ho- a homeboy? A homeboy? You just, you're, you're taking the savior of the world, raw power, and brought him down to a homeboy. Look, this is what it says right here. Look, look, listen, listen. They knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. And now they ain't pursuing truth. It's all fugazi. It's fake. That's why so many people walking around, they just fake. Just keep on thousand. Fugazi. Fake. Faux. Fake. And this is the problem, man. A lot of us, we just, we don't know how to make a decision to step in. 
Like, either you want to access all, listen, I want you to grab all power is what resides inside of you. Either you want to pursue that or you can take like the, the counterfeit stuff. We don't make a decision. That's what's wrong with our generation. I'm not even talking about just you. I'm talking about us too. They don't want to commit. People right now are making business decisions instead of kingdom decisions. Y'all check this out. So um, my sophomore year of college at University of Idaho, fall camp. So I wasn't like the, I was swole, but I wasn't like, you know, there's some cats that are like, yo, you look like you should go to the league yesterday out of high school. So I wasn't that guy, but I was nice. I was nice. I got there my junior year. I got, your boy was thick. I was like, yeah. (laughs) But I'll never forget, fall camp, we're playing. I'm starting now, and they were bringing in JUCO transfers. Those are junior college transfers into this atmosphere. And I'm looking at these boys like, man, these boys, they're thick. They're all right. And my coach pulled me aside. He was like, Isaac, you like your job? I was was like, yeah. He was like, you need to start hitting. Like, Like, you're a great cover corner, but you're not, like, hitting. And these cats can hit. And I was like, okay. And I'll never forget, we was playing camp. And I came down, we was playing a cover two. Who's, where are my football guys at? Ah, let's go. We was playing a cover two. What that means is I dropped down and I got this area in the bottom right side of the field because that was the right side, strong side. I was the right side of the field. So I dropped down. I dropped down to my, ooh, my domain and I'm seeing the play develop. And as I'm, ooh, I'm seeing this play develop and I see my boy Demondre Woldridge come out the right side. Now Demondre, he had a neck like a basketball. I mean, the boy was built like a bowling ball, looked like Jerome Bettis. I was like, oh, Lord Jesus. And so I saw the quarterback going through his reason as he came around. He, There's Demondre. He threw it to Demondre. And I was like, okay, Father, business decisions. I want to play still. He throws the ball to the flat, and I begin to pursue. And I went in there. And boom! Ran into a brick wall, but he dropped. (laughs) He dropped. And in that moment, listen, in that moment, I went from making a business decision to our football team kingdom decision. What's best for the squad? See, this is the problem right now, man. This is the problem. We get too distracted by business decisions that we don't want to make kingdom decisions. Listen to what I'm saying. Because God is calling you guys to go to the next level. He's like, listen, I need you to use your platform that you got on Facebook. And I want you to start telling everybody about what I've done for you and your family. And you like, yeah, kingdom decision. But then you like, I want the followers business decision. Let me get that new track and hit on with that on there instead. Business decision. Or he's looking at you and he's like, look, I need you to step in. And you're like, look, I'm afraid of failing. Like, I don't want to look like a fool. And you're making business decisions instead of making kingdom decisions. Or he's like, listen, I need you to get out of that trash relationship. I need you to stop. Hey, stop kicking it with them. They do not represent who I am. But you're like, but they're going to clown me, Father. And he's like, listen, I need you to start making kingdom decisions and stop making business decisions. You're going to pursue me or you're going to deal with that foe, that Fugazi. Listen, 
the moment you line up with the will of God, there will be an opportunity to either pursue truth or not. Listen, to either get in the game or remain on the bench. That's what you got. Those are your options. Now, I love in John 12, and that's where we're going to go, where Jesus is coming off of, you guys remember when he came in on a donkey and he was like, hey, hey, I'm here, hey. And they were putting the palm branches down. And it was this moment where it was like, it's crazy. A lot of us, like, that would have been like a clout moment, like, yeah, I'm here. Y'all wouldn't have been coming in humble on the donkey. Y'all would have been like, ah. So he comes in on this donkey, and the Bible says, I love this, the Bible says shortly after that moment in John that these two Greeks came up to Philip, one of Jesus' disciples, and they said, hey, yo, 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 where's Jesus at, man? I want to holler at him. I heard he did that thing with Lazarus and rose him from the dead and all that stuff, man. So I, just, I want his autograph. Can I get his autograph? He was like, well, I don't know. Let me go talk to him. So they went over, and they went to go talk to Jesus. And this is what I love. We're going to jump in here. We're going to jump in. This is what I love. In verse 23, John 12, 23 is where we're going to jump in. Because there was an opportunity when it came time to pursue to either be distracted for clout or to lock in and pursue destiny. To be distracted by a false sense of security or lock in on true security that's everlasting. What you going to pursue? And this is what he did here. Jesus replied like this. He said this. I love this. Now the hour has come for the Son of Man to enter into his glory. He was like, look, he ignored actually the comment. Listen, when you read the Bible, they came to him, asked a question, and this was his response. Now the hour has come for the Son of Man to enter into his glory. I tell you truth, the truth. Unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone, but its death will produce many new kernels and a plentiful harvest of new lives. Look, this is the moment where you're going to get tested. And he's like, I need you to die to everything that you think that you want. I need you to pursue me the same way that you pursue everything else in this world that doesn't give you anything. I need you to put me at this point and not allow anything else in this world to remain there. I need you to be willing to die to you and pursue me with everything. Say everything. And he says this, if you are willing to die, if a kernel dies, right? <laughs> Unless it dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it will produce many new kernels. You wonder why you ain't accessing the harvest that you want to access? It's because you haven't died to yourself yet. You haven't pursued Jesus the way that you need to pursue him. That's the reason. That's the reason why it ain't where you want to get to. I'm going to tell you right now, that's the reason. You ain't spending time in the playbook like you should be. You want to know why you ain't getting in the game? You don't know the play. Coach is looking at you like, all right, go, go ahead. He don't, he don't know the place. He don't know the place. Get, get out of here. Get, get, get out the game, boy. You don't know the place. I don't know why I'm not a, you don't know the, get in the book. In those moments is when your will is tested. Are you really willing to make a kingdom decision and sacrifice everything? Are you willing to pursue with reckless abandon? Come up and put your head in there, your body in there, and whatever it takes, God, I'll do it. Are you willing to follow? 
Well, who am I following? Who am I pursuing? Look at this. Matthew 7, 13. This is what it says. You can enter God's kingdom only through a narrow gate. Listen. What are you pursuing? Listen. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gate to life is very narrow and the road is difficult. Oh, so this ain't for everybody. Listen, this is what it says. And only a few ever find it. This is the path that he's trying to get you. Kingdom decisions. What does that mean? That means every single time that you step out onto the field, every time, you don't go through the motions. This ain't about you anymore. What you're going through, you're becoming a technician. I remember my coach told me, he said, you want to stay on this? You got to become a technician. That means every single, look, look, when you coming up and you pressing every single step, the drop step, when you do your next step, when you uh, jamming, when you coming around and opening the hip, you got to become a technician. What does that mean? That means you got to become a technician. That means every single night, instead of getting on TikTok, you in the book and you studying and you praying and you're worshiping and you become a technician so that you can access the harvest that's meant for you. But you want to pursue, what do you want to pursue? What do you want to pursue? Thanks for listening today. If you are interested in getting involved with FCA or would like to donate to the FCA ministry, you can contact us through the FCA Idaho website at fcaidaho.org. Join us next week for The Heart of the Athlete, a production of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes in Idaho and KBXL, The Voice. You